In world-defining moments, perspective is everything. The Economist is all about journalism that's rigorously researched, independent, original, and insightful. We interpret developments to reveal the bigger picture, to sharpen your understanding of everything from climate change to voters' rights, the war in Ukraine to the midterm elections. Head to economist.com slash understanding and subscribe to bring the world into focus. Thank you for listening to this Belly Up Sports Podcast Network product. Some said we go belly up, so we made it our name. And we're still here. To another edition of the Sac City Podcast. I am your host, the one and only Vinny Milani, joined as always by your boy, the reigning and the defending and the undisputed valedictorian of the show, AJ Johnson. I lost some pounds. Below us, below us we have <laughs> the smooth. Ooh. Voice in sports casting. He is good old Dylan Kearns. Thank you. I had nothing else attached <laughs> to that. I had nothing. Else. I just wanted to give him just a straight up name. He deserves it. He's respectful. He's a nice guy. And his voice is just ever so smooth. Ever so <laughs> a smooth. A lot of lies he told in no time at all. <laughs> I like to lie. I'm a, I am a, uh, I am a big time liar. That's, that's, that's what I do. Uh, but welcome in everybody to episode 36. We are talking the AFC East tonight in their schedule, their 2022 outlook alongside top stories. We've got some interesting stuff to talk about. We've got some sad stuff to talk about. Um, yeah, so we'll get into that in just, a, just, a, just a few moments, but AJ, how are you? How goes it on this beautiful June 1st evening? It goes. It's Gemini season in full effect. Yes, I know it's technically been that season for a couple of days, but really we don't we don't talk about it till about June. But we're here. You see I'm representing. It's that time. Um, I'm looking for a good good start to the summer. Uh, Sac City is going to be doing some big things. Uh, it's almost like a new mini era inside the new era we've begun on this new journey by ourselves, separated from yep. other places, those who shall not be named. Yep. <laughs> yep. They it's now good. move into that show. category as they, they, they now move into that category as they, who they, who shall not be named. We got a new look though. We got a new look. Yeah. This is the, yeah. this is like one of the first debuts of our triple, of our new triple box uh, that was not forced because of you leaving. This triple box has been seen before on the show in recent shows because you have been like disconnected from everything, but this is the first time it has actually been on full display. Uh, yeah. They who shall not be named. Word. Well, Hey, we're doing our, we're doing our our SCP thing now. You know, that's all that matters. We're here. Your boys are back in town. Is Sac City or die? Are we allowed to say that? Are we are we bringing that back? SCOD is that SCOD? Is that I mean, look, I didn't want you know. I wasn't trying to like just rip off everything we were doing from you know the rough cut. So I didn't want to just force it back in there. You know, we could go SCOE. You know, Sac City over everything. You know, that's always a good one too. Uh, so uh, we, we we can work. Sac City something. against Maybe. the world. <laughs> Sac yes. City against the world. Scow! 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 That's how it is. Okay, all right. Let's get into our top stories today and break off of this nonsensical Oof. nonsense that we've started off with every the yeah. We're talking AFC East in just a few moments, but our top stories uh start off with a very sad note. Uh just about an hour or so before showtime, we found out that former running back for the Dallas Cowboys was found dead in his apartment at the age of 38. 
the cause of the death is unknown, uh, but a Frisco police spokesperson said officers are currently out on a welfare concern, but we are unable to provide any further information at this time. He played seven years in the league, hard work and running back. Uh, I talked to Aaron before the show just to get a little bit deeper knowledge on Marion Barber. Cause obviously the, the big Cowboys guy and just a hard worker, man. I saw, I saw a Twitter video of him just knocking some dude on his ass blocking in practice. And everyone in the comments said that Marion Barber was Marshawn Lynch before Marshawn Lynch became a thing. And uh, 14 touchdowns in 20 in 2006, third in the league, one time pro bowler in 07. AJ, uh, what were your thoughts and feelings on this tragic news before showtime? Yeah, just that, man. It's quite tragic. This is the second case in what about a year now? And you think back to Vincent Jackson and kind of the same thing somebody who just hasn't been seen or heard from in a little bit. And, you know, they go and do a welfare check and find them dead in an apartment. And, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's a very sad thought process because, uh, I, I personally, you know, back in 06 and 11, yes, I love football. Yes. I watch football, but as everyone knows, huge basketball guy. And I was into basketball a lot more than football back then. So I only, you know, got glimpses in my mind of Marion Barber. I don't remember him as often or as frequent as some other people on the field. Um, but one thing I do know is, and I hate remembering people this way, but you know, I remember Des Bryant was talking about him a couple of years back because he had saw a video of some Marion Barbara highlights and he, and he was quoted saying he, it's sad for him. He can't even enjoy watching these Marion Barbara highlights because at that time in his life, Marion Barbara wasn't doing so hot. And that's not the first, you know, story we've heard of a football player who left the game and hasn't really been able to get on their feet. And I know, or at least I hope and assume that the NFL does all it can for its players after they leave. But from some of these recent situations, it doesn't feel like they're doing as much as they can when these cases keep coming up. So, um, you know, somehow this gets to the NFL and they can hear these words. It's time to it's time to make another effort. It's time to make another another section of your NFL handbook that is dedicated to the players afterwards and the ones who are having these mental health hard times. And, and again, we don't know what attributed to the death, but, you know, just make sure that they're still successful after they leave your ranks. It shouldn't just be after they're not a part of your shield. They're no longer your concern because they, they give their sweat, blood and tears every single day for you guys. The least you can do is do it for them when they leave. Yep. Agreed. Agreed. Yeah. Uh, we also we also found out uh, this was on our show. We did not discuss it on Monday's show, um, but we will discuss it. Just l- mention it, of course, now to obviously pay our respects. Dylan, you, one of your favorite players, uh, second-year man Jeff Gladney, uh, former first-round pick of the Minnesota Vikings, died in a car accident on Monday. He was involved in a car accident around 2.30 in the morning uh, in Dallas. Police say that there was a speeding car and it clipped a second vehicle from behind. Uh, and we lost Jeff Gladney. And uh, it, what really all of this kind of sums up, and I lost a friend this past weekend as well. Life is too short. I mean, Jeff Gladney was only, what, 20, 25, 20, 25 years old. I mean, life is way too short. And although Marion Barber was not young, still had plenty of life to live. And life is way too short to be mean or evil or hate in this world. Cherish every moment you have because one day you might not have it. I'm a little uh, emotional from talking about deaths Mm -hmm. uh, at this moment. So it's it's hard for me to put words uh, together. Yeah. As the host, yeah. I'm normally supposed to formulate all this stuff, and it uh, it's hey, not be easy, human, man. Buddy. You know, it's not easy. Be human, it's buddy. Not easy. Yeah, I mean, we're all, we're all human beings here. This is definitely a tough conversation, tough topic to talk about with two great NFL players. Now, Gladney was getting his career started, um, and, and Barber obviously having his great career. But I mean, it's just really sad to see this news. And I mean, it's it, it, the Dwayne Haskins earlier about a month ago. I mean, it's it's ridiculous, and it's 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 hard to comprehend what all's taking place. And I mean, right now, it's just you gotta gotta just uh, pray for those families and hope that everything goes well. Because I mean, it's it's tough. It's tough. Yeah, yeah. Our thoughts and prayers are out with the uh, Barber family as well as the Gladney family and friends, uh, everyone involved. Wish them nothing but the and best. And your friends, family these... as well, Vinny. Yeah, it's uh, thoughts it's... and prayers, buddy. 
yeah, it's it's real. It's it's tough. It's tough. But the show must go on. We will talk football. We will try and bring in uh, joy to everyone's world today on this June 1st evening. Uh, shout out Tom in the chat. Let's go Rangers. Obviously, my Rangers are playing AJ's Tampa Lightning in the Eastern Conference Finals. So things will get uh, interesting as these games go on. Uh, but we're here to talk football tonight. And we are talking about the AFC East. And we kick things off. Oh, no, we can't. I can't see. I'm all, I'm all scatterbrained. I'm all scatterbrained because okay. I didn't pay the bills. There's more. We didn't pay the bills. AJ, save me. Save me. I, I, can, I can save you. I can, I can save you. I can tell people about how Sac City Pod is on Facebook, on Twitter, on Instagram, on YouTube, and on TikTok. Go ahead, head over there, hit those follows, hit those shares, hit those loves, all the happiness that you can think of at Sac City Pod. Head over there, tell everybody. Tell me, tell you, tell your friend, tell the person next to you, tell the person in the room next to you, tell the person upstairs trying to sleep. Go up there, wake them up, and tell them about Sac City Pod on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and TikTok. We appreciate the love. Your boys are headed to the top of the mountain. So come on with us. It's going to be a fun ride. Come visit the city, because your boys are back in town. Come be a part of the city. That is the biggest thing. We are going to be a whole damn city come football season, okay? And you are not going to want to be anywhere else but Sac City to watch and enjoy all the football content in the world. We're breaking down the AFC East this evening, and we start off with the Buffalo Bills, and their schedule looks like this, including four primetime games and a nice little turkey showdown against Rangers just scored. Chris Kreider won nothing uh, against the Detroit Lions week 12 uh, on Thanksgiving. Their schedule, yes, looks like this. Dylan, what is your storyline heading into the 2022 season for the Buffalo Bills? Might be a bold storyline, but this is where I'm headed. It's Super Bowl or bust. I mean, year after year, we've seen this team over the – the last few seasons, we see them get to the mountaintop. They not the mountaintop. They get to where they want to be. Uh, they get a division title. They start playing close games in the playoffs. Last year, they get within an arm's reach uh, of beating the Chiefs in um, the, the game that took place there, and they couldn't get it done. I mean, it's 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 a sad thing about the Buffalo Bills. You bring in a Von Miller now. You you help uh, help out your entire team by adding pieces to that roster. And Josh Allen continues to show that he's one of the best quarterbacks in the league. Uh, you draft a running back. You have a plethora of weapons on offense. Stefan Diggs is back. Gabriel Davis stepped up last year. Let's go. All right. If you're the Buffalo Bills, this is the year. It's Super Bowl or bust. I want them to go out and show, look, we got to at least get to that game because we've shown progression in every single season. If you're not getting there, Josh Allen's only getting older and the rest of the team's only getting older and it, it can only fizzle out from there. So Super Bowl or bust is my storyline for Buffalo. With all their moves that they did this past offseason to bring in guys like Vaughn Miller and obviously paying Josh Allen and things like that, do you, Dylan, like if they don't make it to the Super Bowl, are you what are what do you do in this situation? Because you I mean you look at their schedule, they they they're the best team in the AFC East, I feel like. I feel like well, that's what we're all gonna get at here. Is they're still the best team in the AFC East, arguably the best team in the AFC. But if they don't win a Super Bowl, what what kind of changes would you be making in, in Buffalo if if they don't end up there? It's not really if you'd make any changes. Obviously, you'd have to regroup from what took place this year. But what you'd have to do when you look at this as a whole is you got to understand, I mean, the, the team you have is going to just go back and you're just going to have to reset and do it again. But you're going to have a fan base that's fired up and wants winning so bad. They're busting tables. They're eating chicken wings out in the cold when they're scoring six points a game before the Josh Allen era. And now they're out there just hauling ass, playing great football. And, and you got to just you got to start winning those football games and start getting to that mountaintop. What you're going to do, you're just going to go into next season. No matter what happens, whether you win or not, you're going into next season. And I don't think there's too much change that's going to be taking place with this team. But it's just you're only getting older. And this is a year you have to show it if you want any success in this league. Yeah, I agree with Dylan. I mean, this the, the the makeup of this roster is definitely a running back type of squad. If if they aren't to make it to the Super Bowl this year, lots of disappointment because they should be right there, especially after the way last season uh, the way last season ended. Uh, but this is the type of roster that you you maybe add a weapon here or there, you you tweak something very small, but I don't. There's no overhaul, anything of that nature. 
this is a squad, and honestly, Dylan, what you were saying kind of tangs right into what I was thinking because this team finally, in my opinion, has it all together. I looked at the Buffalo Bills for a few years now, and part of the situation that they've always had is they've had one part but not the other. You know, like I don't know if you ever watched Friday. They have ham, no burger. They got sugar, no Kool-Aid. Like they, they just <laughs> never had it all together. <laughs> and you think I like so I go back to like 2018, for instance. Uh, their offense was ranked 30th, while their defense was ranked second. In 2019, their defense was ranked third, while their offense was ranked 24th. They got a little better in 2020. They, their offense got to second, but their defense regressed, and they were ranked 14th. And last year was the first time since 2000, and who freaking remembers, that they had top five in the offense and the defense, uh, first on their defense, fifth in their offense, respectively. So, And they've just gotten better. You look at what they've done to this roster on the defensive side of the ball, like you mentioned, adding guys like Von Miller, uh, Greg Rousseau, who I think will give him another chance. I know he used to not be named, but <laughs> – I'll, I'll forgive him at this point. We don't even use our guy anymore. Uh, <laughs> uh, Ed, Oliver's get, Ed Oliver's getting better by the day. Daquan Jones is a, is a stud on that line. Kyer Elam in the secondary stepping up is supposed to step in and make a, a big contribution right away. So this defense is stacked. They've got pieces on the offense. Josh Allen should be wanting to go scorched earth after they lost in the playoffs last season. It really is Super Bowl or bust, Dylan. They, they should have nothing else on their mind but making it to the final game of the season. And they, I think they could. And you look at their schedule. I like, I feel like the AFC East, there's a lot of teams that have, they, they play the NFC North. So it's like, you got the Ravens, you got the Steelers, you got the bet. You have a tough division matchup when it comes to like who you're playing in else in the AFC. And it's like, you look at what the Patriots do. You look at what Miami can do. You look at what the jets can do. Buffalo is like the only team that I feel confident in saying, I don't know if they're going to have that hard of a time against like a Baltimore, or even a Kansas city, a, a, a Cincinnati Cleveland, when they get to Sean Watson back, like that's the story of their schedule. You look at the, the, their first few games right before that by the Rams, the dolphins, the Titans, the, as much as we don't think the Titans are that big of a deal, still a former playoff team, Rams, Titans, dolphins, Ravens, Steelers, who always play hard. And then the chiefs, AJ, what's your record for the for the Bills before the bye? Before the bye, uh, before the bye, I think I had them going. I think I want to say three and one. Oh, sorry, four and one. Is that it? Four and one. Okay. No, because there's six games, okay. so there's that can't be games. true. Nope. <laughs> you remember that uh, issue I was having earlier? <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, yeah. Uh, so if I'm not mistaken, I definitely had them beating Tennessee. Uh, I'm pretty sure I had them beating Miami. Uh, I think I had them slipping up at Baltimore. Here we go. All right, thank you. I had a winner. I had a, a win at Los Angeles, a win at Tennessee, had a loss at Miami, a loss at Baltimore, and then a win at Pittsburgh and a win at Kansas City. It's how I had them shaking up before the bye. And uh, it, it's kind of one of those things. Just in the beginning of the season, you're still working some things out. You get lost to an injury that you weren't expecting. How are your new pieces fitting in? And then let's not forget, even though Ken Dorsey has been there and working with Josh Allen, as much as I know, that's probably the thing that may take him over the over the hump now that he's calling the plays and not just a QB coach. It also takes a second. You know, it's a long NFL season. You have to make sure you're doing what works. Uh, and, you know, if you drop a game or two in the early season, while that's not what you want, you know, that's something you recover from. It's not the same as dropping week 14 and or 13 and in the hot spots of the schedule. Yeah. Yeah, I have them. I have them five and one to start that to start the season. I think they lose against Los Angeles. We talked about it on our show when we were previewing the NFC West about the Rams and that showdown against Buffalo on on Thursday night football, the kickoff. Uh, I'm pretty if I remember correctly, the team that hosts that op that opening night game, the defending Super Bowl champions are seven and one in, la in the last like seven, six or uh, eight years. Um, so I think that that is going to be a tough one for Buffalo but they get back on track. They obviously beat a Tennessee team who I don't think is that good. Miami. I feel like they're still figuring it out and we'll talk about them in just a little bit. Baltimore, Pittsburgh, they take care of, take care of business there. That Baltimore game is probably the biggest, like early concern though. They're on the road in Baltimore. That is probably the biggest concern there. Dylan, what's your record for the, for the rave or for the bills for the buy before the buy, I got them. So up the schedule real quick um looking at the rams i think that's a game that 
the way I do it, I don't I don't go game by game and say they'll win this one, they'll win that one. I I, I played out my well, head go as game I go by through. game here and and go game by game <laughs> here and tell me what their record is <laughs> before the bye. See? Well, I think I had them at four and two. I had them uh, beating LA. I had them beating Tennessee. I had them beating a sorry ass Miami team. I'll get into them in a minute. Um, three and zero. Oh, we got them dropping Baltimore, and I think I got them dropping uh, either Pittsburgh or Kansas City. So I think I got them four and two. Okay. Okay, that's uh, it's interesting in my opinion, then we'll, oh man, that Dolphins talk is going to be spicy. Dolphins talk is going to be spicy. Let's see what our records are. Aaron's got them at 14 and three, which is heavy. I also have them at 14 and three. Uh, AJ, you have them at 13 and four and Dylan, you have them at 12 and five. Like when I look at this, I'm like, ah, okay. Dylan is the lowest out of all of us here on, on the bills, but like, that's not even a disrespectful thing. Like that's, that's not, no. that's not even disrespectful to, to the bills total five is obviously a great record but dylan i have to ask you as part of my job where are their five where are the rest of their losses you said they lose to either pittsburgh or kansas city they lose to baltimore where are the other uh losses where are the other three losses i think i had them dropping green bay uh, i got them dropping one against new england and then it's either cincinnati minnesota somewhere in there i think they would drop one of those games know how much you love minnesota so i'm not surprised that you think that they lose well, that's a t- uh, i mean, to the I mean think about it i mean minnesota's a team that could upset anybody like if their their offense is clicking they have a team that could beat anybody is that is that the upset bailey asked in the comments here uh shout out to everybody in our chat by the way keep the comments buzzing if you have any questions concerns thoughts that you want to bring up about the schedules or whatever we're talking about let us know bailey did say is there anyone on the schedule who could upset buffalo i guess minnesota would be your you're upset here, Dylan, for Buffalo. Yeah. Okay. Maybe AJ? New England, if you want to call it an upset, but it's a division game. Yeah, I wouldn't yeah, call that an yeah. upset. I mean, I'd call it an upset on the sheer fact that I don't think New England is going to be that good this year, but we'll get there at that point in time. Um, yeah. I mean, depending on who's at the helm at, uh, at Cleveland, I mean, I know their squad's good, but we saw that they underperform when they don't have a stud at quarterback. Can Tennessee get them early in the season? Maybe. I don't believe it either. But other than that, yeah, I think those are the three you'd really look at a Cleveland, a Minnesota, I, maybe a Tennessee. I have them losing. I, I don't I I don't know where we stand on like saying that the, the division opponents are upsets other than like because I, I think the Jets beat them. I think the, I think the Jets pull off a win in week four in week uh I have them beating the Bills in week 14. That that's where I have a new actually on the road that that's in Buffalo that week 14 matchup. Mm. I have them beating Buffalo there. So that would be my upset for the bills. That's I, I don't know. Do we, consi- do we consider I, I the Jets an upset? Why don't we talk about that when we get there? <laughs> okay. All right. Well, let's move on to the, let's move on to the new England Patriots. Now this is where the spice hits. This is where the real spice hits. The New England Patriots schedule looks like this. They have the Chicago Bears on Monday Night Football in Week Seven, and then it gets Ugh. interesting for primetime games. And I, I wanted to go to you, AJ, on this. They have a Sunday night matchup against the Vikings, and then a Thursday night matchup against the Bills, and then a Monday night matchup against Arizona, and a Sunday night matchup against Vegas. What does the stretch of primetime games mean for the New England? Like, what, what does it mean for a team to have? Four straight primetime games, Sunday to Thursday to Monday to, to to Sunday night again. Like, what does it mean for a team to have this many primetime games in a row? That they're playing a lot of teams that we're high on. That's it. Okay. <laughs> you asked me that okay. four years ago when Tom Brady was still there, it would mean that the it's the Patriots regime. But let's be honest, this is a team that is going to not look very good this year. But look, look at who those games are against. Buffalo, who's a high-profile team. Arizona, who plays really good offense and has weapons on the field. Uh, Las Vegas, a team a lot of people are high on with Josh McDaniels going over there. You can make that storyline a reason it's on primetime. Josh McDaniels versus Bill Belichick. Uh, They have Devontae Adams now. That defense looks a lot better. In most years, I would have said it's because it's the Patriots and they deserve it. But in this situation, they are playing teams that deserve primetime games and it lined up on their schedule for them the correct way. Um, I'm not high on the Patriots team this year. And everyone said we had a reason to not be high on the Patriots last season. And I saw a little bit more, but I think they lost pieces that are going to help them. I don't think their defense is anywhere near as stout as it was going to be. And it was really hard for me to give them the record I did of 6-11 and 11 
because of the fact that Bill Belichick's there. But Bill Belichick, the GM, did not do Bill Belichick, the coach, a lot of favors this upcoming season. We are going to get so much hate from Patriots fans. Like, we have to be – this is what we talked about the other day. This, no, but – but no, this is what we talked about the other night, though. Before we continue on with the Patriots talk, you have to be honest with yourselves. Just be honest with yourselves, okay? The Patriots did not do anything really anything. in this offseason to push and move the needle forward. Like nothing at all. What do they do? Brought in Devontae yes, Parker. Running backs. Okay, they what brought in Devontae Parker. Okay, that, that mm-hmm. moves the needle. I think it gives Mac Jones another weapon. Okay, does that move? Uh, answer answer, answer my question. Answer yeah, my I, question. I think, it, I think it moves the needle to where it helps your offense out. I mean, Aguilar's coming back. There's more people in another year um, with them. I mean, I think Jonu Smith was atrocious last year. You get him going a little bit, there you go. I think their offense is a little bit better this year than last year. Because of what? Devontae Parker. That, that so, makes that offense better? So, I think it does. Devontae Parker, 515 yards. yards last season, <laughs> 793 yards the year before. He did have 1,200 the year in 2019. It was a great season for him. Then he got healthy. hurt in the end and lost me my fantasy playoffs, but that's another thing. But then the year before that, 309 yards. Now, I'm not saying Devontae Parker's not a talent, but it's not like he's going somewhere that's all of a sudden going to make his talent blossom. Mac Jones, yeah. I, I still believe, is a good quarterback. I think Mac Jones will have a good year. I don't think the Patriots will. Nelson Aguilar, we've been trying to make him something since he was a Philadelphia Eagle. Another player who's had talent has not translated on the field. Their best talent is Damian Harris and possibly Ramondre Stevens. They got two well, good the- tight ends last season. Didn't really know how to use them except for Hunter Henry catching a touchdown every so often in the back half of the season. They've got a lot of issues to work out, and their defense I do not think has the depth or the talent any longer to carry them along with a, port- with a uh, putrid offense. That's fair, but I, I don't think their offense is putrid. I don't. I, I, I seriously don't. I think you got Josh McDaniels out of the way. I think that helps their offense. Out of the way? way. Out, of <laughs> out of the way? way? Oh, here, yeah. let me ask you this. Who did they make? Uh, who did they move him for? Who did they think was so good to have his position? Don't look it up. I'll help you. It's vacant. They have nobody calling their plays right now. They don't no even judge. have an offensive It's coordinator. no judge. Oh, it's, not it's yet. Joe not judge. Yet. He's just there, working no, with their quarterback. They're splitting as of right now from what I, the last thing I've seen is Bill Belichick and Joe judge are doing it together. They're going to be calling the offensive plays together. Now, what is like, where's your recipe for disaster? I'm confused still. And I'm really confused. I I seriously believe in the Patriots. Now this was not the take I wanted to give. I wanted to give a take on the defensive side of the ball, but you guys got me going on the offense. You got to defend yourself here. Do it all. I seriously think the offense. Okay, the Patriots are going to be a little bit better than most people think this year. Um, and I'll say this: I'm not a Patriots fan. You know me, but I, I look at them. Right? Who cares if they don't have an offensive coordinator? I think that they have enough pieces on their offense that makes them a little bit better this year. I think Mac Jones can take a step. I think year two in the league's good for him. Bill Belichick's a heck of a football coach, right? He's going to help you get to that next level. It doesn't matter. I, I think that he's he's still going to help you out, even if he's a defensive-minded coach. I still think he, that that voice is going to help him carry uh, what he can bring to that offense. And on the defensive side, I want to get to this take. I looked up oh, before boy. the game, research, right? Big-time research guy here today. I looked up, and, and I saw that uh, the, the offensive pass blocking that they're going against this year is the one of the worst schedules in the league when it comes against that. I trust Matt Judon in year two. Um, I, I trust Josh Uche. Everyone's ro- everyone's saying um, how big of a role he's going to have this year. Bill Belichick just praising him, excited for what he could bring to that team. Uh, you still have uh, Barmore in the middle. I, I like the Patriots' defense this year. I know the secondary isn't as great as it was when you had Stephon Gilmore and uh, uh, J.C. Jackson there. I'm serious. I like the Patriots' defense. I think that pass rush can get home this year. But um, yeah, I, I, I think they're. I think you guys are a little bit downplaying them thinking that every one of their moves is strange but no pun intended but um i mean it's <laughs> but i still think you got to take a chance on belichick because he's a hell of a football coach you have uh, to there's, uh, <laughs> right go ahead go if ahead there, if there's if there's one coach <laughs> that you can be like sometimes the coach doesn't have the talent on the field so it doesn't matter how good they are belichick's one of them 
And to me, he gives them a few more wins. But also to me, that's why they got to six wins, in my opinion. Like, I, I think it is really difficult to look at this squad and then look at the moves that they decided to do with this squad in the draft, in the offseason. We'll see what happens post-June 1st. I doubt much. I just don't think they've done enough. You talk about weapons. I'll do this real quick. Jacoby Myers was their leading receiver with 83 receptions, 866 yards at his first touchdown of his career last season. You brought up Nelson Aguilar, 64 targets, 37 receptions, didn't even eclipse 500 yards. Hunter Henry had probably had the most touchdowns with nine, and that's because he was a red zone threat as a tight end. I don't know that with Matt Jones and no real offensive coach and a Joe Judge who is still reeling from how bad New York looked from him, that you are going to be able to take a big enough step from Matt Jones with these weapons that all of a sudden, what, they're going to win 10, 11 games? Is that where you have them at? No, I got them at seven wins. I'm saying that I think they're going to be a good team. At seven I wins? That's, that's what yeah. they, isn't that what they... Everyone's, what they, everyone's uh, trashing the Patriots, but I'm year? serious. Like, I think they're going to be better than most people think. Now, this right here, this is... No, they're, they're not competing with Buffalo. That's never That's never my intention here with this take. All I'm saying is the Patriots are going to steal some more wins than you think because of their past rush, and I think Bill Belichick's a great coach. Their I offense don't, I don't got think better, that's, too. I don't think that's the case, though. And you look at last season and their schedule, they have the, – the, I'm going to list their wins for you. The Jets, not a playoff team. The Texans, not a playoff team. The Jets, again, not a playoff team. They beat the Chargers. It's a good win. It's a good win. The Panthers, not a playoff team. The Browns, not a playoff team. Atlanta, not a playoff team. Tennessee, okay, okay, and Buffalo, okay, okay, and Jacksonville. This team barely th- – th- this team got by last season from playing, I don't want to say a cupcake schedule, but a fairly fa- – a favorable schedule. That doesn't happen this year. You look at their schedule this year, and it's funny you say, Dylan, you have them at seven wins, and they're going to be good. They can steal some wins. This year, they're not doing, they're not doing much of anything, in my opinion. When you look at this guy, Baltimore, Green Bay, Cleveland, may, with a maybe Deshaun Watson, we'll see. But no. Indianapolis, Minnesota, Buffalo, Arizona, like this schedule does not favor the New England Patriots, whether you think not they're going to do good or not. Our standings look like this. Aaron has them at seven and 10. AJ, you have them at six and 11. Aaron, uh, Dylan and myself also have them at seven and 10. This is going to be a season where we see a major step back for the New England Patriots, in my opinion, because we're going to start seeing that what their strategy is, is not going to work. None of that, like you, I'm still very confused at how you think this offense is the way, the way you think they are, because I don't think Devontae, Devontae Parker brings major change to this offense and what they had last year. But but what like that's like that's like okay you have a like a three thousand piece puzzle you bring in one piece to complete a three thousand piece puzzle really doesn't do much like you don't have the rest of the three thousand pieces. Parker's about a five hundred piece. He's one piece in a five hundred piece. No, like yeah, five hundred. He's five hundred pieces in a three thousand piece puzzle because he makes that much of an impact on your team. Can we do? Can we do what we do and uh, have Dylan tell us his seven wins? <laughs> well, you have. I, I have five I, losses. I guess. I guess we can. Here. But even you saying said they have seven wins, and then saying they're going to have a good seat, like they're going to be better than what most people think. Like it doesn't make that doesn't really add up. Like seven wins is not good. Like this, especially for the Patriots way. And I'm sure tons of Patriots fans are watching this right now on YouTube and leaving us nasty comments in the thread, but like seven wins is not the Patriots way. That is not the Patriots standard. That is not the bill Belichick way. So Dylan, where are your seven wins? Well, he doesn't win in Miami. That's one loss. Um, I got them beaten Pittsburgh. That's their first win. I got them beaten Detroit. Um, there's their second win. I think they can beat Chicago. There's three, the jets four. Indianapolis. I don't think they can win. Um, I got them beating Minnesota on a Sunday night. That's primetime Kirk Cousins. He'll fall. There's five. Um, 
I look at Vegas, I see that against Josh McDaniels. Belichick will be fired up playing as assistant co- or former assistant coach. There's six, and I think they <sighs> take either one of those divisional games at the end or they beat Cincinnati. There's my seven. You lost me. You lost me when you said, I think they can beat Chicago. I stopped listening. <laughs> if you only think they can beat Chicago, they're not a good team, bro. I'll tell you this. I'll give you I'll give you the Las Vegas on your thought process that you mentioned and the way Belichick and his protégés go toe-to-toe in the first game. But for me, I have them beating Minnesota in that primetime game. And then, and this may not be a realistic, but the way I feel right now, I have them losing every other game to close the season out. Against against Buffalo, against Arizona, against Vegas, against Cincinnati, against Miami, because I have them winning it in week one. And then against Buffalo in the end. And I get it. It's a division game. But I, one, I think Buffalo is going to be on a whole other planet this season. And two, I, I also think the Patriots are going to be on a whole other planet. I want to say, I want to bring up one point. I think division games are different when it's early in the year and late in the year. Like if you play each other, like say it's like mid-October, then you play them again early November, late November. That's different as opposed to week one and week 17. That's, those are two different football teams, Absolutely. injuries, whatever it is. I mean, that's where I think you could take two of those division games because they're spread out so so far. And, I mean, that's it's one that you could definitely look at. It's a different point in the season as opposed to playing close um, divisional games back-to-back if not separated by one week. I mean, that's my same thought process and how they lose two to Buffalo because it's so close that they really play each other again. It's not too much of a different team. The only way I really think they would beat a Buffalo is if Buffalo is the number one seed in the AFC and everybody's rested. And even then, Buffalo's pretty deep. They're not stupid deep, but they're pretty deep. So, yeah, it's 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 going to be hard sledding for the Patriots and their eyes are going to be open wide this season, in my opinion. Yeah. I'm always yeah. down to be proven wrong, though. I am always down What's for your- that. That means we got good What's- football. What's your storyline for this, AJ? Because you didn't get a chance to. Dylan just. I, I kind of talked about it. I, I think Max <laughs> okay. Jones is going to have a good year. I think. Uh, and what I mean by that is, and temper the expectations, similar to like what Deshaun Watson did with the Texans when they were four and twelve. Had a great season. I do not think Max Jones put up five thousand yards. I'm just think. I'm just thinking about a quarterback that played well and the team did him no favors. I think that okay. he may look good behind. I think he may look good behind the offensive line. I think he may make a lot of good decisions. I think he may have a pretty decent completion rating. I don't think his defense will help him. And I don't think his playmakers will get the job done when they need to. Um, I just, I, I know like using think, the Sean Watson in the Texas was tough. Well, no, I get what you're somebody off I, my head. I get what you're saying here though. And I think to me, it's, it's Mac Jones is not going to have miserable stats. That's not what the right. Patriots do. That's not what the Patriots are going to put him in a situation to do. He's going to have laugh at this, laugh at this. He's going to have Baker Mayfield type numbers where it's just average. It's not great. It's not good. It's not bad, but it's not going to win you games. It's not going to let you compete with what else, what everybody else has in this AFC and what everybody else has in this AFC East where Zach Wilson might be taking a step in the right in the right direction this season with all the weapons that they've added. And Dylan, that is a team, and we'll get to the New York Jets in a little bit. But that's a team that added and moved the needle forward with weapons. Okay, not just adding Devontae Parker to a Kendrick Bourne <laughs> and a Jacoby Myers and a Johnu Smith and a Hunter Henry. All respect to Hunter Henry, he was pretty good in fantasy with all of his touchdowns. But other than that, let's be real here. Let's be real. About Aguilar. Be honest with yourself. Yes. Oh, yeah. And Nelson Aguilar. But before we move on to the Miami Dolphins, I want to let everyone know in the chat and everyone watching at home right now on YouTube, if you're a Patriots fan, comment on this video. Let us know what you guys think of the Patriots this season and defend your Patriots in a logical way. We want to see those comments. Logical. Aaron loves arguing with pay with fans and talking about real life statistics and numbers and facts about where teams are going and what's actually happening. So if you don't like what we're saying about the Patriots, defend yourself, not just with the, Oh, Bella, what Belichick hasn't steered us wrong yet. That other than that, give us some real reason on why the Patriots are going to be better than seven and 10. In world defining moments, perspective is everything. The Economist is all about journalism that's rigorously researched, independent, original, and insightful. 
We interpret developments to reveal the bigger picture, to sharpen your understanding of everything from climate change to voters' rights, the war in Ukraine to the midterm elections. Head to economist.com understanding and subscribe to bring the world into focus. Sign up with BetMGM Sports using code CHAMPION200 and win $200 in free bets when you place a $10 Moneyline wager on any Major League Baseball game and either team hits a home run. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Virginia only. New customer offer. All promotions are subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued as non-withdrawable free bets or site credit. Free bets expire seven days from issuance. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-888-532-3500. The Miami Dolphins are next on our team list in the AFC East featuring two primetime games against the Cincinnati Bengals and the Pittsburgh Steelers and one Christmas Day game against the Green Bay Packers in week 16. Dylan, what is your storyline heading into the 2022 season for the Miami Dolphins? Well, it's put up or shut up for Tua Tagovailoa. I'm sick and tired of hearing it, all right? I know he's year three in the league now. It's put up or shut up. I mean, every single year this guy's injured, and he's only been two, but go back to his college days. You'll see it. You'll see a track record there, too. Very overhyped. There's games where he looks good. There's games where he looks absolutely atrocious. You got to show up. You bring in a Tyreek Hill. You start making moves on this team. You start uh, assigning players. This is the year he has to do it. He has not passed the eye test for me yet. I, I, I cannot stand to attack of Iloa. I don't think he's a starting quarterback in this league. And this is going to be a tough, tough test right now for him because he's got to put up or shut up with a roster like that in a division like this to where he could finish second in the division if he's happy or if they're lucky. But he's, he doesn't have it, and, and he's got to put up or shut up. Yeah, you know, as we get to the uh, second half of this division, this is one of the most uh, sit-on-the-fence divisions that are, are in the NFL this season because I look at these teams, and all we just said about the Patriots, they do still have Belichick. When we, talk, when we think about Miami and Tua Tungavailoa, they did just do a lot to help him out and help the other side of the ball out. That secondary is going to be real. We haven't talked about the Jets yet, but we all love what they did in the draft, and uh, we all believe in what Robert Sala can do with the defense. So I look at this Miami Dolphins team, and I'm basically, I have them in the middle of the pack because I really can't call it. While they have the roster to be an 11 and 16, a maybe 10 and 7 type team, with Tua, with all these new motions, I don't know if they're going to get past 8 and 9, 9 and 8. I don't know if I can believe in it because I haven't seen it. Now, there are a lot of people around the NFL who believe what, what they did with Teron um, Armstead and, and getting all the running game with Chase Edmonds and Raheem Mostert. Um, you know, bringing in Tyreek Hill, obviously one of the top receivers in the league, still having Mike Kosicki, that they have all the requisite tools to do what needs to get done. And it's not fair because there's other teams that I believe in. And I, with this team, I'm ready to say I just need to see it. And, and But that's just, just how I feel because with Tua Tungvaluwa, all the years he wanted to believe in, despite the seven or eight game win streak, there was a lot that went into it. And this is another defense, in my opinion, that kind of regressed. I don't think they have the same piece. That secondary, fantastic. I don't see the edge rush that they once have. Jalen Phillips is going to be fantastic. I don't see the front seven that they once had. I think that's the problem. If you can't get to the quarterback and they got time to throw, well, that doesn't really do much for your secondary either. So um, I think this team is going to fall middle of the pack. And once again, <laughs> I love to be proven wrong. Yeah, I think I think and I think that's not even a that's not even necessarily a bad thing. For the Dolphins, like I, I, I know last year they went on that win streak and everyone was gushing about that, but I never bought into that. They finished nine and eight last year, and like I know if we were to say like, okay, they go eight and nine this year, or nine and eight again this year, it'd be a bad thing because it's just like continuing that same track. But I didn't buy them last year. You look at that win streak they had: Houston, Baltimore, who was without, uh, who was without Everybody. Lamar Jackson. Yeah, without everybody, basically. The Jets, the Panthers, the Giants, the Jets again, uh, the Saints with with uh, Ian Book. And I mean, so like their their win streak that pushed them to, to where they were wasn't that great. And we talked about, I just talked about with the Patriots schedule. It's a similar thing with the Dolphins schedule. You start off, sure, the New England game, you could win that game. But Baltimore, Buffalo, Cincinnati, 
at New York who got better. Minnesota, a good a good coached Pittsburgh team. Like it, I, I don't mean to put the Jets on like the same level as the Bengals or the Bills and the and the Ravens and stuff like that. But like you go from from one week one to week seven, you got one maybe two easy games in that stretch. The rest are going to be hard fought wins. So you might end up seeing this this Dolphins team go through a similar stretch last year. And I don't know if they can bounce back because you look their win streak last year started in week nine, week nine, Chicago. Sure. They could win that game, but Cleveland Houston, they could win that game, but then on the road at San Francisco and at Los Angeles and at Buffalo and green Bay, like you're not going to be able to get on, go on that type of stretch run like you did last season to make up for poor play at the start of the season, which can be, and and is expected at the beginning of the season when you're playing a tough schedule like that. So I like where you guys both went talking about Tua because I, it, it is put up or shut up for, for, for Tua this year. You could give him another year to develop. That's fine. But he's got to show something. He's got to show something of, 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 of promise, some type of promise this season to be that type of quarterback. Because unlike the New England Patriots, which we just talked about, they also brought in tons of weapons to build around their franchise quarterback, Tyreek Hill, Cedric Wilson. You drafted Jalen Waddell. I mean, this is this is a team you've got. Mike Kosicki still there. You went out and paid and extended Mike Kosicki. You brought in 15 running backs to play the San Francisco 49ers style of football. You got all pieces for for two of there to make him a, a a good quarterback. Now it's time to do it, and I don't know if he can. And this is someone who I was rooting for Tua, but I got to be honest with myself. I don't I don't know if he can do it. Too bad it'll be Teddy Bridgewater's team by midseason. I mean, that that's the thing. If Teddy Bridgewater, I mean, Teddy Bridgewater is an eight, eight and nine quarterback here with, with this roster. I, I seriously think he is. And I, I mean, I, I will wait. I will wait to see if Tua can do anything. And I hate that. It's my pet peeve. Thanks a lot, Stinton. Um, I, 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 I mean, I, I don't want to do this here with Tua Tagovailoa because it's ridiculous how it just doesn't pass the eye test. You get a new head coach in there, Logic, Bobby Tarantino, Mike McDaniel, whatever you want to say there. Um, he comes in there. He's going to implement his own little system that he's got. He's got his 15,000 running backs that work well with Shanahan in San Francisco, and they're just going to give it a go. And I think it's a recipe for disaster. Every single year you see a team overhyped, whether it's the Browns last year or the Bears in 2019 coming off that 12-4 and four season. Every year. And both of those teams, right, had questions. You thought they were all right with the quarterback position. Trubisky, great year 18. He's going off at 19. No. Oh, Baker, good year in 20, going off at 21. No. Oh, Tua, this is a shot. No. Okay? I'm sick and tired of it. Every year, teams are overhyped. This is the one that you circle in red ink. You break out the Sharpie for this one. Circle them big on the calendar and say, this is a team that's going to underperform, and this is a team that's overhyped. That's the Miami Dolphins this year. You really feel that type of way about two, man. <laughs> Look, hey, I'm not, I'm not gonna knock you. I, uh, again, I just got through saying I don't know if they can do it. I will say this is the best team two has had since he left Alabama, <laughs> respectively. Yeah. Um, you know, as NFL team terms, and that's quite possibly enough for him to show what he's capable of. But the 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 key thing for two is gonna have to be consistency. It's not just we can see what you can do. What he's shown he's capable of doing is why he's still there right now, which is why they went out and got a bunch of pieces for him because clearly they like the guy. Clearly they think he has talent. They just have to find a way to unleash it. And if he can't do it with the Jalen Waddle and a Tyreek Hill and all the other names we, we, we listed and the protection they went and got him, well, then it's probably just the best that he's not going to do it, at least in Miami. Maybe he's your favorite guy to talk about. Maybe he's the next Marcus Mariota, and he has to go find a second place to go stand behind, and then eventually go and play somewhere in a few years. But I, I do think he's earned the right to have this chance this year. And like I said, I'm, I'm slightly sitting on the fence because this team has the makeup to do it. I just don't know that he can. And to answer Aaron's comment here, he didn't show promise last year with limited help. He showed potential. I'm not saying he had a bad year last year. You have to, to win some of those games. He has to do like, I thought Brian Flores did a hell of a job scheming around to a, to get these wins. In my opinion, like that's really kind of what it was. Um, 
and those kind of just those trick plays with Jalen Waddle and the fa- the fancy plays that they did. But he he's got potential. I'm not saying he can't do it. I don't have that much. Like I'm I'm not sold on him being the guy. I'm not saying okay he's going to be the guy. And you look at my stand the standings here. Aaron is very high at ten and seven. AJ's at nine and eight. Dylan, you are the lowest at six and eleven, and I'm at eight and nine. I'm I'm thinking. I think I think AJ and I are on the same page here. Is they're on on the same level as as last year. And and honestly, yeah. to me, when you look at eight and nine, I would say that that's better than last year. And I know they finished nine and eight, but we talk about the schedule when we pull that schedule up. If they can finish eight and nine with this schedule. I think that's very good. And, and AJ's record was nine and eight. So if you can do that with this schedule, I think that is a step forward in the right direction. And if Tua can get you that, that, that record, I think that is a step in the right direction because you're not going to win not eight or nine games. If Tua is not going to be impactful and I have them, let's see my schedule for the dolphins and their wins, their notable wins beating new England. Uh, I have them beating, uh, I have them beating Buffalo in week 15. I have them beating green Bay and I have them beating the jets at the end of the season. Like I have some pretty notable wins for the Miami dolphins on this schedule. So that to me is, it's good. You also have some pretty notable losses then. And I'm surprised here. You have them beating green Bay. That's that's one of the teams I thought that they wouldn't be able to take hold of. I think green Bay is on another level than Miami as of this point in time. Miami, I think, go, they, you I think, think it Green takes, Bay goes down to Miami on Christmas. That's a tough, that's tough loses. for them. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Miami Christmas day. Yeah. And I, and I think, I think really it's, and we talk about it, like what I said in the beginning with their schedule, the way it starts off, it's like, okay, it's going to be tough and it's going to be hard to like, you're figuring out this new team and getting everyone in that, in that rhythm. Cause obviously they're going to have all this time in camp and practice and preseason to get, get the flow going. But it's much different once the regular season starts. It might take time for them to really start building what they actually have, especially when you're going up against Baltimore, Buffalo, Cincinnati, uh, Cleveland, if they have Deshaun Watson. Those are, those are tough games. So yeah. I think that they end up it's, coming out of the bye with a more figured out sense of what this team is about. Their schedule's in pockets. Like Overall, you look at their schedule, it, it, it kind of fluctuates, but then they have these three and four game stretches with really tough teams in there couple gauntlets and that's where there's an issue you know it's those games that you have to get out of and it's one of those situations where it's like if you can pull out two wins in this four game stretch you're staying in good shape and those and you know that's where the one game at a time mentality has to really be strong you can't look ahead when you're the Miami Dolphins in this in this schedule this year especially with so much on the line uh not only for Tua but you know for this franchise really yeah you just got a new head coach and everything but let's not forget there's still a lot of murmur around the Miami Dolphins organization uh, that, you know, doesn't have to do with football, so to speak, uh, as far as on the field. But a lot of eyes are on Miami, and sometimes winning will help people forget that. So they, they definitely yeah. need to have a good season. I'm okay with what yeah. their offense can do. I need to know what that front set. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Let's move on to our last team here. And again, this Dylan, you've been chuckling about the New York Jets all night long. So uh, we're going to be able to hear what your thoughts are. Their schedule looks like this, including one lone primetime game against the Jacksonville Jaguars in week 16. Uh, All right, Dylan, put up or shut up. What do you got for the New York Jets? Yeah, the New York Jets, uh, looking at the thing, I, I got them saying, how do they take the next step? I mean, last year, the way that Zach Wilson finished the year was pretty, pretty solid. It was impressive. All right. He finished the year pretty strong as he went down the final stretch of his games. He was throwing balls to Braxton Berrios. They started looking good. We saw that. We saw that with Sam Darnold towards the end of his Jets tenure, the right before he went into that next season. I'll, hey, I'll pull up the pull up the numbers here in a second. Sam Darnold in, in the last four weeks of that season showed enough promise to where they're like, all right, let's go. This is definitely going to be the season he takes that jump. That was before he fell on his face and eventually got out of town. Zach Wilson needs to take that next step with the Jets. This is, I think this is a better situation this year for the Jets than it was when, when they had Darnold and uh, uh, under, under placement there. This is a year for the Jets. They need to take that next step. They have a nice team, right? You have Robert Salah, a great coach. You have a defense. You bring in weapons. They just need to take that next step. And can Zach Wilson be the answer? I mean, we still got to see it. It's only been one year in the league. He needs to take that next step as a quarterback in this league. 
I'm not sure where you uh, where you got that Zach Wilson finished the season that strong. Uh, his last his last game against Buffalo, he was seven of twenty for eighty seven yards and a tutty. Yeah, look that's, at the four uh, weeks before that. That's not that good. Uh, yeah, the, the nineteen for thirty three was is not good. Is not that good. But the two thirty four and one is is all right. And then fourteen of twenty two for a hundred and two yards against the Jacksonville Jaguars. It's not very good. Um, out, out the, and really, it, it's not phenomenal for for Zach Wilson at the end of that at the end of the season. What I was really just trying to argue about. But I do think Zach Wilson has the potential to be a very good quarterback. And unlike the Patriots, the Jets actually brought in weapons for the, for Zach Wilson to succeed. They brought in Garrett Wilson. They have Corey Davis. They have uh, CJ Uzama, who's a good safety net tight end. They brought in Brees Hall to pair with Michael Carter in an already good, pretty good run game. They brought in the protection in Lake and Tomlinson uh, to line up with Makai, hopefully Makai Becton and Elijah Vera Tucker. This Jets team, this Jets offense, they've done everything that they possibly could to help Zach Wilson succeed in his second year and take that next step that you were talking about. But AJ, what about this Jets defense? Oof. Uh, this is the thing that I think will be the, the end-all be-all for the Jets and how they can perform. Uh, Robert Salah, defensive-minded coach, did very well with San Francisco. And now you look at what he's brought in on the defense, adding to what they already had. We talk a lot about Baltimore last season being injured. We forget the Jets actually were pretty injured on their defensive side of the ball as well. Uh, Carl Lawson went down. Uh, LaMarcus Joyner went down. Uh, Quentin Williams spent some time uh, injured as well. A lot of their a lot of their pieces that they they hung their hat on. Marcus May, who's no longer there now with the Saints. Uh, a lot of those guys were injured, and this defense never got started really. But now you look at it, and from top to bottom, this defense can be a problem. I mean, C.J. Mosley's still there. Um, bringing in Sauce Gardner, who to be honest, a lot of people are ready for him to just be that number one guy. Robert Sala has already said he's not just coming in and taking Bryce Hall's spot. Bryce Hall played pretty well last season as a quarterback as well. So you think about that fact adding Gardner to that. We know how I feel about Jermaine Johnson. They've got a lot of solid, solid pieces on this defense, and it stays pretty deep. So if these, if this defense can be the factor that kind of gives their offense life, they can have a much better season. And again, this is another one of those teams I sit on the fence because they have a really tough schedule. While I do think Zach Wilson is going to step forward, uh, have a much better season, and Vinny, I'll, I'll, I have to uh, side with <laughs> Dylan and Aaron on this one. He, his playing well last year wasn't in the numbers. It was in his confidence. You're right. It was what he was doing and kind of feeling the offense around him is kind of what happened. And yeah. now they're raving about how he's doing that with these extra weapons. Now you have yeah. different levels to the offense as well, but their schedule is so tough. And like, I got excited to go look at these games, what would happen. And all right, let's see how the Jets start. Their first four games, if I'm not mistaken, don't they play the entire AFC North right off rip? Is that the, yep. that that's what yeah, Baltimore, right Cleveland? Yeah, yeah. So you know, yep. like that's to me, that's probably two losses at least. We don't know what Cleveland's gonna look like or what Pittsburgh will be like at Week Four. Uh, I think they have a good chance in Miami. I think Green Bay and Denver's a hard point. They just have a really tough schedule, and I think that's the one thing that sets them back. So this is kind of like for me, like, this is like the Golden State Warriors of last year. It's a very young squad with a lot of talent who has a tough schedule and all the studs are not where they need to be. Looking forward next season and the season after, this is a squad that should be in the talk of the town. I wanted to bring up one more thing on Wilson. And it, it, five straight games to finish his season without a pick, right? Those games, those were without a pick. Yeah. You don't want to look at the numbers of throwing deep balls, whatever. That offense was a little bit broke, right? He was throwing to nobody besides Berrios. Tampa Bay game was nuts. That was 28-24. The Buccaneers had to come back and win that game. He kept them in it. He played good football. And I wanted to bring up what I was talking about with Sam Darnold at the end of his rookie year. He had a game, so he, three straight games at the end of his end of his rookie season without a pick, two touchdowns performance, a three-touchdown performance, 253 yards, 341 yards. He showed promise at the end of his rookie year. And I'm just saying from a Jets fan perspective, I'm not, uh, not from a Jets fan perspective, four <laughs> Jets fans out there, um, they, they've seen this narrative before. They just want to see how can he get to that next step because Darnold couldn't get to that next step in year two. But this year with Zach Wilson, with the weapons, he should be able to. And the thing I like the most about what the Jets are doing with Zach Wilson, and I, I'm obviously, I, my, my family is big Jets fan, so it's like it's, I, I'm, I have to keep myself 
in tune with Jets football. The biz, the biggest thing I liked about what they what they have done with Zach Wilson is they've they've done everything that they can to make him comfortable, and not even just necessarily talking about the weapons that they brought in this this off season to help him, but the the play calling and the way that they're they're going through these games and letting Zach Wilson either win them or lose them. These games, they're letting him be free. They're not keeping a leash on him. They're letting him develop as a quarterback. And obviously he's just a rookie quarterback. So it's like, you understand the struggles, but they're doing everything and they're doing everything right in the development of Zach Wilson, whether it's building around him or calling the right plays to give him that next level, that, that develop the development at the next level. And I, I honestly, I mean, I put, I put out the, the Instagram post today, whether who you think is going to have the better second year, whether it be Mac Jones or Zach Wilson. And I thought to myself, I think Zach Wilson ends up having the best sophomore year out of any quarterback in the league. Trey Lance, Justin Fields, Trevor Lawrence, uh, Mac Jones, Davis Mills. I think that Zach Wilson has the best second year performance out of all of those quarterbacks. He's got he's got the potential, and you made a very good point because they are just letting him be free, and it's kind of the luxury that you have with the squad you had last year. Like like we were talking about, everyone expects to be good. You know that's the goal when you come in the season. But knowing where you are at a certain point last year, you let him play his game, and then you see what he does well as a QB, and you look at what you absolutely need to fix going into the next year. Now you know the best ways you can use him, all of his strengths that can be you know top notch. You can really exploit defenses with. And then you bring him the weapons to make that happen. You get a solid, really solid wide receiver in Garrett Wilson, another young guy that he can rock with next to Elijah Moore. And then you get the veteran Corey Davis who, you know, he'll play some football. <laughs> and we know he enjoys <laughs> playing some burials. So, and, and they brought in some good tight ends too with CJ uh, CJ Uzoma as well. So this, uh, and this is pretty solid. Don't forget Tyler, Tyler Conklin. Con- they brought they brought in okay. Tyler Conklin. Let's not stay on the tight ends. I, I was gonna... no, I just, I, just I, I I I even forgot about that. Like I yeah. I even forgot. Like Tyler Conklin, uh, not like someone that we should obviously oh, talk long Conklin. about, but like Conklin had a pretty decent end of the season or uh, season last year in Minnesota. So like, yeah. feels Gary Barnish. I said decent. Okay. I said decent. Okay. I think, I think that the, the jets are on the right path though. Okay. And yeah. uh, we have them and their records look like this seven and 10 from Aaron eight, and nine from AJ, six and 11 from Dylan and seven and 10 for myself. I'd say if, uh, if the jets ended up with any of those records, even the six and 11 from Dylan, I think that they should be jumping in the streets and being happy because that is, <laughs> if they end up with that record, that, that, that's good to me. That, that That's good. Uh, and the step in the right directions. I have them beating Cleveland. I have them beating Miami, New England, Chicago, Detroit, Jacksonville, and Seattle. It's not like crazy wins that like, okay, that like uh, we pulled off the upset, but I think that they can pull off upsets and maybe it changes to from seven and 10 to eight and nine. Um, but I think the Jets are on the right track. I think they're on the right track. They're on the way. There you they're go. on the way. There you go. They're on the way. There you go, Jets fans. All right, that does it. We have wrapped up the AFC East and all the good chatter involving these teams. Whew. It's time to get into this hockey game. It's time (laughs) to get into this hockey game. I'm feeling some type of way right now. Uh, But we'll be back again live at 8 p.m. Eastern time right here on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter at 8 p.m. Eastern time on Friday to break down our final division the NFC East along with another fun and games Friday. I'll have another trivia for you, gentlemen, just you two. Aaron's not going to be there to help you. So it's just you two. So you guys have to team up and try and beat me, Uh, but you're not going to want to miss it. Another episode of Sac city podcast, Friday, 8 PM Eastern time. AJ. Yeah. Bills. Ducks. Ducks Ducks have bills. Pick it. <laughs> Ladies, gentlemen, Pick all it. the people who enjoy watching Sac City Podcast, head on over to Sac City Pod at Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and TikTok. Make sure while you're there, you hit those likes, you hit those shares, you comment, interact with us. We love to talk with y'all on all sorts of platforms, commenting and tell you how we feel about certain football takes. 
If you want to disagree, that's fine. We, we, we take all the smoke. It is okay. But the most important part is before you do all of that, hit that like, hit that follow, hit that share, hit that subscribe. And of course, tell somebody about the Sac City Pod on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, Instagram, and TikTok. Come join the city. Come get inside the city limits because your boys are back in town. Sac City Pod, baby. There it is. We'll be back again live Friday, 8 p.m. Eastern time right here on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter. For your boy, AJ Johnson, and for good old little and Kearns, I am me. We will see you Friday. Peace out. Bye. The future will be amazing, and that's all well and good. But what about today? You can feel the rush of a 400-horsepower Nissan Z. Or climb to new heights in the all-terrain Nissan Frontier. Light up the road in the all-electric Nissan Aria that feels like a sci-fi dream come true. The future will be great, but today is made for thrill. All you have to do is get in a Nissan and drive. 2023 Aria and Z not yet available for purchase. Expected availability is this spring for 2023 Z and this fall for 2023 Aria. Num, 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 num. <laughs>